Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Turn back and Purdue wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block. Boilermakers do it. They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Uh, Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, we've got a ton to talk about as we come down the stretch of the regular season here in the fall of 2022. Well, we'll get to the seniors in just a moment. We'll talk about the week ahead and uh, what remains of the regular season, the tournament outlook. We've got a lot, like I said, down the road. We'll start briefly by talking about last week's action, uh, 0-2 against two really good teams uh, with, with Ohio State coming to town and Penn State, of course. Um, just thoughts coming out of the weekend and what did you? What was your message to your team after those two matches? Always enjoy talking about two losses. <laughs> um, but we knew it would be a, a challenging weekend and, and, and I think our staff felt like we were playing well enough that we would be very competitive in those two matches. We didn't know that Ohio State would play at the level that they would play at. They continued to do that in, in a win against Nebraska yep. uh, on that following Sunday. Um, they, were, they, they, would, they would have beaten anybody that night. There's just no doubt in my mind. When that match was over, I felt like we ran into an absolute uh, buzzsaw. And uh, every part of their game was, was very, very good. We were fortunate to win one set um, from them. They, they were that good. Their outside hitters were hitting shots that we had not seen them hit before. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we in, initially you think, man, your block is that bad, your defense is that bad. Um, but, you know, we, we plan for, for certain things and, and they brought something different. And their setter was all world that night. Mac Pedraza put on a clinic uh, against us. So, um, we, we, you know, we've won our fair share against Ohio State lately, which I think probably piqued their interest that yeah. night. And they came in really locked and loaded and, and I will give um, – you know, Ohio State a ton of credit because I think right now they they are playing as well as anybody. They're playing well enough to win a national title if they can maintain uh, that level of play. And then, uh, you know, I thought we had the ammunition to regroup. Um, you know, whenever you get your lunch handed to you, like we did that particular night, uh, you feel like your team is going to respond. And I think that we did. I, I think we came out and played a much higher level. And, and for three sets, it was terrific volleyball. I thought. Purdue and Penn State played tough, um, put on a really good show for the 2,500 that packed uh, Holloway Gym that night. Uh, unfortunately, after having a 24 to 21 lead in that third set, we let it slip away. Um, and it wasn't that we gift wrapped it for Penn State. Um, they, they dug a lot of balls and transitioned into some points. And before you know it, we're, we lose, I think it was a 27, 25 um, set. To, Penn State, and then you know we battled for a while earlier, but um, it, it's it's just a challenge sometimes to bounce back from um, when, when you have a, ma a set one to, to really put yourself in the driver's seat, and then you let that get away. It, it, it was hard for, for this team anyway uh, to come back and compete in that fourth set. And Penn State give them again credit. Um, Cash Williams was 
really, really hard to stop that night. And, and our, whole goal, our whole game plan was designed around stopping her. And yet um, uh, an athlete that the night before went eight kills, eight airs against Indiana um, puts on a show against us. So um, you know, we have a, the, the positives from that is that you all of a sudden have all these things that you know you need to work on to get better. That's true. Because they were exposed. And a lot of that to me was on the defensive end because that's what I look at closer than anything. I got other people looking on at offense. Um, I think that you know those people found some things that they they could work on as well because when we needed to put balls away, uh, we couldn't do it uh, against uh, Penn State, who's always been a, a tough-minded defensive team. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, again, I don't want to call it a wake-up call, but you know, we still this program is still in good shape. I will still say at this point that. Um, there's not anything that shocked me about what's happened this season except the fact that we won nine out of our first ten yeah. non-conference, which put us in good shape. And then opening night, I think it was, we upset Minnesota. Maybe it was the second night of conference play. We upset Minnesota. And that put some lofty expectations for us, and we kind of battled that a little bit throughout the season. But I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with, with where we are uh, at this point, 18-8. and eight. The RPI is 22 or 23, uh, depending on which RPI you're – uh, you're looking at, um, but the proof will be what we do down the road mm -hmm. with the f final four matches of Big Ten play, and, and it certainly appears as if we're going to be an NCAA tournament team based on uh, the, the future RPI indications. And uh, so I don't think we're going to be hosting unless you know we run the table sure. here down the stretch, which will be hard to do. Um, otherwise, we'll be, you know, go on the road, which we've done before, and we've had some success doing that before. So um, I, I just feel like it'll come down to, as, all, as it always does, to toughness and, and belief in what you're doing. We'll talk about the uh, – we'll go a little bit deeper on tournament outlook here sure. uh, after the break. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about the last – well, the, the week ahead and really the last four matches are kind of – they're kind of they're pretty, happen pretty fast. There's they not do. a lot of uh, uh, rest for the weary uh, coming up. We, we're going to be here at home on, for senior uh, night uh, against Michigan, mm -hmm. a team that we played pretty well in Ann Arbor uh, just about 10 days ago and beat them. But they're going to be hungry. They're, they're fighting for their collective lives right yes. now as far as NCAA tournament uh, bid is concerned. So you know they're going to come in here uh, playing with great purpose. Then we get a day off, and then we'll, we'll be at Nebraska uh, playing a Cornhusker team that is one of the top five uh, five teams in the country, in my estimation, and you're playing at their place. But um, I think physically we can match up with them. That's the, going to be the key in that one is are we going to play hard and are we going to compete? Mm -hmm. And are we going to be physical? Are we going to take big rips and are we going to put up a better block than we put up against them the last time when they came in here and, and swept us um, at our place? And then uh, – the following Wednesday, we're at Maryland, yep. and Maryland is a team, I uh, keep talking about losses. We've only had eight of them this year, but uh, it seems like we're talking about them an awful lot. Uh, Maryland did uh, upset us. That's the only one real blemish, and, and that's not a, a slap in the face of Maryland because I know how good Maryland is. Right. I'm a little astonished that their overall win-loss record is not better than it is because they returned about everybody from a team that just missed the NCAA tournament a year ago. And, um, but they, uh, they did beat us here, and we, you know, we certainly feel like we, we need to go out and win, win that one at Maryland, but it's a tough place to play. It's one of the, maybe the smallest venue in the, in the Big Ten. And then we have Thanksgiving, and I'm not 100% sure where that's going to be. It's going to be on the road. <laughs> on I think road it's going to be in, in Happy Valley somewhere. Okay. And we've, I think we've spent a Thanksgiving in Happy Valley before, to be honest with you. 
Um, but we'll make the best of that. And, you know, we have such a, a tr tremendous team, such wonderful people. So I'm sure we'll find a way to, uh, to give thanks and enjoy that particular day before the following day, uh, the playing Penn State again to, to wrap up the, the season. And then you have a day off. Uh, I think it's a Friday, then Saturday, kind of a day off. And then Sunday is the draw. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, you know, our, our name will appear somewhere on that ledger and uh, we'll get another shot to go in and make some noise in the tournament. Definitely. Uh, Friday night, like you said, final home match of the regular season, um, taking on the Wolverines senior night. Uh, let's talk about that group of seniors yeah. here, here a little bit. Uh, um, of course, you got the two grad transfers and, and a whole handful of, of traditional five. seniors, yeah. five, five seven, traditional seven seniors. Seven players plus a trainer that's yep. done a great job for us. Bella is our trainer. and. Uh, Soft-spoken, but uh, very reliable. And uh, you know, we, you know, Purdue has a tremendous um, athletic training school, yes. as, as you know, but not everybody knows that. And one of the benefits is, we normally have two student trainers in our gym with our our head trainer. We have our own trainer. Mm -hmm. Volleyball has Thank their you. very very own Stephanie Medina, one of the best in the business. And that's a luxury. And then to have two others that are there, you know, learning while they're there, but also, you know, by the time somebody's a senior, they kind of know what they're doing too. Yeah. So it's been great to have Bella. But then we have, you know, the two grad um, students that we will recognize as well. That's Grace Balancefer from right here in Lafayette, that was a transfer from Northern Illinois. And then Hannah Clayton, that's from um, over in uh, Bloomington, Bloomington Normal. Yep. Uh, that uh, transferred from Iowa, and what a blessing those guys have been in, to our program. They have brought life and energy and maturity and, and team-oriented play. So they, they've, been, they've been tremendous for us. And then you have you know, the five seniors that have just really done everything they can for this program, and they've, they've shaped culture, and they've, uh, they've worked hard, and they've, you know, they've, they've, they've contributed to two back-to-back -back Elite Eights and a Sweet mm -hmm. 16 before that. And, um, just really proud of every one of them, the growth that they have made and, and the maturity that they've, uh, they've shown um, and, and where we are right now with this team. I mean, a lot of people did not think this team was going to be very good this year. They, they had us picked to finish eighth or ninth in the Big Ten, and that means you're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament, yep. but here we are, most likely going back to another uh, big dance. But start off with uh, the three Maddies because they, they're easy to, to start with. Maddie Skimmerhorn has uh, played libero and played it very, very well. She um, had an injury, you know, probably just before midseason, and she now is, is back at, at top of her game. She is such a great worker and such a great human being and um, really has probably been uh, the, the leader in the clubhouse, if, if you will. She's um, just been somebody that uh, takes charge all the time when it needs to be and does it in a, in a very um, – controlled and positive manner, mm -hmm. which I think her teammates like. Um, but she's been one of the reasons we've kept our head above water this year is her ball control and, and her presence on the team. And, and just you know, here's a player that kind of came out of nowhere, um, wasn't highly recruited and, and, and had come to our camp. And we, we just felt like they're, they're kind of a, they're a Purdue family. And she wanted to be here and we wanted her here. We just didn't know that she was going to – we thought she was a great athlete because she was a three-sport athlete in high school that was – it excelled even yeah. even in track and field, which is a one-class system. She was running 100 meters, and she was beating people that you wouldn't think she would beat. Mm -hmm. Okay, but she was doing it. So we knew she had um, some of those skills. But she has developed, and uh, because she's been in the gym more than any one of our players, I think I think she's probably been the one that spent more time in the gym 
than anybody in the team the last couple of years. And you know, she's learned that from Jenna Otek, who learned it from Ashley Evans, who you know goes down the line. That you really want to get better, then you, you spend time in the gym. Yeah, there's one way. Uh, Maddie Chin uh, from Detroit. Um, thinks she went to Notre Dame Academy. Um, uh, is really, really blowing up at the right time for us. Uh, she's had some great matches for us here lately. And uh, six foot two, long arms. Doesn't jump out of the gym, but has a lot of shots. She's a cerebral player. Uh, been, a, been a great teammate all, all during this time. And she's been in the lineup and out of the lineup, not because um, she hasn't been good enough to stay in the lineup. It's just we've had a lot of good players fighting for playing time yeah. in those positions. But um, she's, uh, you know, her, her, her goals in life are, are to be a dentist. So she's a really high academic uh, person. But uh, she, she's, she's also a, a really good leader on this team. and, and the type of player it's going to have to make play really well for us here in the next next uh, three or four weeks uh, if we want to have the kind of finish that we need. And then the third Maddie that we recruited in that class is Maddie Cook, mm -hmm. who's uh, I, I say she's from Green Bay because I don't pronounce what's what's the hometown. You know, Ashwabanon. Ashwabanon. Yep. I could probably say that, <laughs> uh, but I like to say the Green Bay Packers. Yes. And uh, just down the road, really. Yeah. A yeah. couple, couple miles. Yeah. So, uh, but she's she is a physical. Beast. I mean, she's a just an absolutely beautiful young woman, but she has got uh, the, the physical skills to, to, to take over a match. And, yep. and last night in practice was one of the most impressive things. You know, the, the, the issue with, with Maddie is that she's not always as good as she can be. And uh, now every year you get a better percentage right. of how <laughs> if she's going to be good, you know, much more often. But man, was, was she good last night. She was unstoppable last night. And again, she's 6'2", she touches about 10'4", hits the ball, not at, maybe not harder than some people, but she's in our top five in the history at Purdue as far as how hard she hits the ball. Okay. And um, so, but you know, she has to get it lined up right. And, uh, and sometimes setting you know, is important to her. She needs, needs the right ball, but man, she's worked really hard to get to where she can adjust the ball. And, and when you start looking at you know, some of these matches down the road where, you, where you know, the rubber hits the road, where you're playing Michigan, who's got great physical talent, you're going to play Penn State, you're going to play Maryland, that has got great blocking, the best blocking team in the country, and Nebraska, all those teams, she needs to show up. Yeah. She's, she really needs to uh, be the, the player that can really go out because she, she is as physical as anybody that we're going to see. And just a sweet, sweet human being, and, and uh, you know, she's in – in, in psychology, she wants to, to go out and help people that, that you know that are struggling with mental health and, and all those kinds of things. So she's she has got a huge heart, and uh, we're excited that all three of those Maddies uh, landed here at Purdue because they've made great contributions. Then you have Ava Torrance, and uh, Ava is a little um, backcourt specialist that um, came out of Avon High School and uh, is playing great. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's she's, funny because she's she's not on the floor. She hasn't started for a while. For a long time, she and, and um, Brownie were going back and forth, and then Brownie's passing numbers just surpassed everybody else in the team. And, I mean, that means past Skimmerhorn. She passed, you know, Horning. She's just been our best passer number-wise, and that's maybe as important of anything when you're looking at who's going to come in in those spots. But uh, Ava is, is nip it, continues to nip at her heels and, and it is serving tough. And every time she's come in the game here lately, she's performed at a really, really high level. And I know I think it was uh, might have been Ohio State that we brought her in, and, and, and she might have been our best player against Ohio State on that particular night. But she's about five foot nothing, 
and uh, but brings it every night. She's a determined young woman. She's going to be very, very successful in life because she's she's got guts. She's got toughness, and um, you know she's she's going to see some time here uh, coming coming forward because she she just every every day she steps in the gym, she's got one one purpose, and that's to make herself better and make this team better. Um, so really, you know those those four have been terrific, and now I'm forgetting the fifth one. And Ellis. Okay, I don't forget him. You, you went through, you went through the Maddies and then kind of yeah. got you uh, yeah. out of sequence there. Yeah, it's, that's pretty good. I, I always forget somebody uh, for for no particular reason. But Emma would be one of the last people you think you'd expect because if there's a crowd favorite on our team, I don't, I don't care who you talk to. That when they watch our team, they talk about Emma Ellis. Yeah, and she's maybe it's the fro, maybe it's the huge smile, the maybe smile. it's just yeah. the the energy that she plays with, uh, the happy-go-lucky mentality that she has. But Emma's from. Charlotte, uh, uh, North Carolina, and I remember watching her for the very first time in a tournament in Atlanta, Georgia, and I knew right then I wanted her at Purdue. I just felt like she had uh, all the makings of being being a great Big Ten player, and and uh, this has been her best year. Mm -hmm. You know, she has really uh, maybe maybe not hitting percentage wise has been her best year, but she is playing uh, with so much more confidence and belief in, in what she is doing as a as a hitter and a blocker, and, and she's asserted herself as a leader on this team, which really she hasn't done much of before. Uh, of course, we had that huge class of seniors yeah. uh, before her, and so that, that wasn't what her, her need was. But this year, uh, she has really stepped forward and, and asserted herself, in, in, uh, both vocally and, and, and non-verbally, in, in how she wants this team to, to conduct themselves. And, um, but you know, we, we've had those three pin hitters that um, are, are similar in ability, and uh, it's been hard at times to d determine which couple are going to be on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, and then, when you, of course, when you add um, Eva Hudson to the mix, Eva's been hard to take off the floor. Yep. Whenever you've got, you know, maybe the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, and you're kind of almost kind of building a, an offense around somebody like that, it, you know, you're, it's hard to keep her off the floor. But the, the three seniors. Um, and we talked, we talked about this for four years. Um, their ability to be great teammates, which is what our rally cry here is at, at mm -hmm. Purdue. You know, if you can't be a good teammate, you can't play here. It's, it's, we just, we're not going not gonna to deal with it. And, uh, but but those, those three have been leaders in, in how they conduct themselves on and off the floor and dealing with whatever might come up. And they just, but, but every time they come in the gym, they're fighting. They're working hard, and that's that's part of the one thing I remember about th this group is number one, the accomplishments that they've contributed to uh, since they've been here, yes. but just the culture and how they've set the tone for other people. That you know, it, it's not all about getting every opportunity you want. It's about what do you do to earn opportunities, and uh, I, I think they've shown the way um, for the rest of our team. It's really hard to uh, to be an underclassman on this team and see how the seniors approach it like that. Mm -hmm. Like, role definition matters, as, yeah. as Annie Drews is famous for yeah. saying yeah. on a big stage. We'll talk about her in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if you've got your seniors who are fighting for playing time but not mad when it doesn't come, it's pretty hard for you to be sour yeah. if, if you're a freshman or sophomore. That yeah. That's the standard. Uh, well, I wouldn't say they're not mad when it doesn't come because they might be. <laughs> well, they the, should be. In the, in the, in, and it's okay to be mad yeah. when it doesn't come. It's just, are you still going to have the maturity and uh, the selflessness that is necessary at that time? And then when you get back in the gym to practice, you better be out there to prove that you are worthy 
of being in the lineup, and that's what these guys have done. Go earn it, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they went to the Sweet 16 as uh, as freshmen, back to back Elite Eights in those sophomore junior campaigns, and and like you said uh, the other day, you know, it still remains to be seen what they do as seniors. Uh, we will talk about the tournament outlook. Um, yeah, and those losses that they took, one was at Baylor to the number one yep, team in the country. Yeah, to one Baylor, that's right. And then we lost to Kentucky, the eventual national mm -hmm. champion in the COVID season, and then mm -hmm. last year went to Pitt yeah. and uh, lost a tough battle with, with Pitt, who lost a, then lost a five-setter, uh, I think, to Nebraska, I think I want to say, or maybe it was, I'm not sure who they I lost to. I think it was they Nebraska. Were, they were right in it till the very yeah, very yeah, end. they were a great uh, Pitt team. Yeah, good Pitt team. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk about this year's tournament outlook after the break. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Well, Coach, you've said uh, several times this year we're going to go as far this season as our senior class takes us. We just talked about those seniors. Mm -hmm. How far can they go this season? Well, I think this team is getting better all the time. And uh, I had a reporter ask me the other day, you know, what happened? You know, you're kind of in a swoon right now. I think was the term he used, a swoon. I guess that means when you're dropping off a little bit. Yeah. And I said, usually in the Big Ten, um, wins and losses can be impacted by the people you're playing. And um, we knew our schedule this year was going to be a little, a little easier in the first ten matches and tougher in the, in the last 10 matches. And that has been the case. Yeah. Um, so um, you, you hope you can steal some of those late, but, but we haven't. And, uh, but what I've seen is a team that continue, is continuing to get better. Now, it, to my expectations all the time, no. So um, we've raised the temperature a little bit uh, this week in practice. Uh, we, we, our focus is more on us mm -hmm. and not on who we're playing because we have to get better, and I talked about that earlier, both offensively and defensively, we have to get better. But uh, I, I think we're getting better, We've, we're, we're healthy. You know, we have no excuses um, for why we shouldn't, except that, you know, we have a lot of new faces on this team this year, <laughs> yeah. but um, we have good athletes, we have good players, we have the right attitude, the right culture, and it's just a matter of, of, of getting some, some belief here late in the season. And, and, go, and once that tournament starts, everything else is, is over, it's done. You know, you, you, you put that in the back, you know, in the back folder, mm -hmm. and, and you move on. And, and we're a team that's had success in the NCAA tournament. We're accustomed to having success. And so I think if when we get there, um, we're going to be okay. I don't know what – this year is the first year that they're going to seed 1 through 32. Okay. In the past many, many years, they just seed 1 through 16. And then it's by – by location, yeah, it's fiscally, it's a fiscally sound tournament. Regional. And yeah, yeah they, they, they're not gonna just try to, like in, for example, men's and women's basketball, they seed one through 64. So they, no matter, you might be from Rhode Island and you're gonna be playing in Hawaii, yeah. okay? If that's where you need to be. If you're 64 and Hawaii's one, that's, that's where you're going. They haven't done that uh, in volleyball, and now at least they're getting halfway there. Yeah. So um, that certainly helps one through 32. But um, you may have some, some crazy matchups after that mm -hmm. because you still may have two really good teams. Uh, and the place where that hurts the most is in the Midwest and in California, okay, the West Coast, because that's where a lot of the, the, the best teams are. So you still may have four really good teams. You could have a tournament, uh, for example, at Ohio State 
that would have would have maybe Ohio State might be the three or four seed. So you're going to then have the maybe the 29th seed, which could be uh, let's throw a name out there. Yeah, BYU. Creighton. Creighton. Okay, Creighton. Okay. Creighton goes in there, but then you can have two other uh, non-Big Ten schools from the Midwest that are, that are going to be playing there that could be pretty dog, pretty doggone good. Yep. Western Kentucky, and, and somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think it's a, it's a positive step, and it's just another thing that is in line with the popularity of this sport right now and then the growth and the explosion of volleyball that now all of a sudden they're taking this more seriously. I think women's basketball gets a little bit of a pass because they get what men's basketball gets, okay? So that's why they've got one through 64. I think everybody at this table understands that right now volleyball has overtaken women's basketball, okay, in, in, in popularity. Popularity. Um, both both in number, numbers played, both yep. in, in, in attendance, both in, in social media exposure, all of those things. And which is good for volleyball, and I know I know the women's basketball is is now looking at that and thinking we got work to do, yep. and and, and they are doing some things to you know to get back in another great sport, but um, but anyway I, I think that uh, I don't know what your question was to begin with, but it was what how are we going to do in the tournament? Yeah, how are we going to do the tournament? Yeah. The draw the draw is important. Yeah, you know, and and, and are we going to be one of those top thirty two? And if we are right now, our RPI currently is twenty two or twenty three, so we could end up playing the you know. Uh, an at-large bid team or somebody that wins a conference somewhere. And mm-hmm. Not the first time we've gone on the road to have to play. Right, for sure. And uh, you know, there's been twice we've done that and beaten two teams at, and upset the host team that was a top 16 team. Yep. Uh, last time I think we did it was at Florida State. Did it at Florida State. We've done it at Missouri. And Missouri, yeah. Missouri, I did it at Missouri when they were undefeated. And yep. we also went out to North Carolina the, our very first year in the tournament. Yep. And uh, that we went to the Sweet 16, I should say, when the first time we were in the tournament. But... Anyway, so I'm talking really fast right now, but I, I just think we got to play well, and we <clears throat> got to just remember that who we are, that we're Purdue, and that we go to the tournament, we're going to play well. We're a Big Ten university, and I think, <clears throat> especially this year, you look at the Big Ten, it's going to be undervalued because we may only get six or seven teams in the tournament this yeah. year based on RPI, and how that's happened, uh, I don't have a great explanation for it, uh, but the RPI numbers are just down. Um, I mean, right now, Michigan's 39, Northwestern's 46, Illinois 65, and the future RPI show them those numbers going downward, not upwards, because right. of the schedule they have left. And I know Illinois and Michigan are both playing uh, three teams that are less than 500 on the season. So that doesn't, even though they win, doesn't necessarily help their RPI because of the power they put into that formula. Mm-hmm. That 50% of your RPI is based on the record of your opponents. So if you play a Rutgers at this time of the year or or an Iowa or a Michigan State, you can win, but it doesn't help your RPI. So I feel bad for those schools. I feel ter- terrible for Northwestern, and and that doesn't mean that they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They could they, happen, could, they right. could pull this thing together sure. here, but they were in great shape two weeks ago. They they were in a fifth set against Nebraska yep. at home, and they were, and they were definitely an NCAA tournament team at that time. But their setter, their their backup setter, because their starting setter is out with an injury. Their backup setter goes into the bleachers, runs into a patron, a fan, and is, is now been out for the last, uh, la- all last weekend. And so they go to Michigan and Michigan State, and they're using a defensive specialist to set the ball. That's brutal. And yeah. they, get, they get beat those two matches. They take a big hit in their RPI. Mm-hmm. So if she's back, then, then they got a shot. But if not, um, it's going to be a tough situation for them. For sure, for sure. Um, how much does it help? 
having been there before. Like you've you've got sort of this Rolodex of experience. Like you yeah. said, we've gone on the road as a as an unseated team. We've yeah. gone on the road and taken down the seated team. We've we've been to the Sweet Sixteen a whole a whole bunch of times. Yeah. How, how much do you draw? I on think that? from a coaching staff uh, perspective, it's it's a lot. Yeah, uh, it, it's really beneficial because you know what to expect. I remember the first time we, we did this, the first couple times we did this, we were, there was a lot of nerves, there was a lot of unknowns. Um, now it's just like another weekend. You yeah. know, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like making another road trip in the Big Ten. Don't make it, it special. Yeah, it's, it's just, well, I'm just saying that you know, you know what the expectations are yeah. and you know what the routine is and you know what the NCAA expects when you get there. There's lots of rules that they have now, but you, you understand all, what all those things are, so mm-hmm. you're not gonna be surprised by anything. When you get there, and you know competition is going to be tough, and you know how to prepare for you know all the teams that are going to be there. There's going to be three other teams, so you've got to come with a, a file full of information on all those people, and, and and be prepared and play one and play one point at a time, and uh, understand that you still want it to be fun. It's not going to be all you know stress and, mm-hmm. and, and business, but you want to make sure everybody feels good about what they're doing. So I, I do think players that now that we got a bunch of players that have been in those situations before uh, with as many seniors as we have, um, I think that you benefit from that, that experience. How many more times are you going to get to do this? Have you thought about that at all? What, what the oh. future looks like oh. the, in that regard? <laughs> um, you know, fortunately people don't think that, um, I'm going anywhere because I'm not. Um, one of the great things about uh, this job is that it's it's the best job a guy could ever ask for. I mean, I just love it here. And when you look at the players that we have returning, mm-hmm. um, and you look at the players that we have coming here, I mean, I think we just picked up the third best recruiting class in the country, including uh, number one um, recruit in the land. Um, we've got people lined up beyond that that, that are coming here. but and so many great young players. So um, the, the the future looks really good. And um, so I, I'm really excited about the, the opportunity to, to see if we can't get places we haven't been before. Yep. I mean, that, that that's 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 part of the of the drive. The other drive is that this place means so much to me. And uh, I, I think when you stop doing something like this, where, um, you know, the, a university that, that respects volleyball, a fan base that loves Volleyball. How many sellouts have we had this year? Oh, Everyone. All of them. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, the whole season. And to walk into that gym is, is such a treat. The expectations are high. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. The, 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 ten, the 10 weeks of competing in the Big Ten is by far the most stressful 10 weeks that I have during the season. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other jobs I could be doing that wouldn't be nearly as good. Okay, so I mean, I, I know how lucky I am. I know how blessed I am to, to be here and to have this job. And sometimes you just have to st- step back and put it in perspective. You know, you know, you're, you're fighting. You know, you got to make the NCAA tournament. Yep. You know, you're Purdue University. You have to make the NCAA tournament. You have to beat some people in the NCAA tournament, depending on what year it is, how many you need to beat. You know, to really feel like you've done your job. Mm-hmm. So there, there's stress. You know, all, every step along the way. Um, but. I tell you what, those other forty-two two weeks of the year, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, because you're the you're the head volleyball coach at Purdue University, and and you're in a culture that you've helped create with the help of so many players and so many other assistant coaches and support staff and administration that allows you to have a chance to beat anybody in the country. You know, I 
Um, you look at some of the great programs in the country. Stanford, last time we played Stanford, Purdue won. Mm -hmm. Florida, right. last time we played Florida, Florida won, okay? Two of the last three times we played Wisconsin, Purdue won, yep. okay? We've had success against Minnesota. You know, the, 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 all, all, the, all the giant names in the sport of volleyball, we've, we have a chance to beat, mm -hmm. and, and, we've done, and we've done fairly well against them, especially here in the last you know, five, six seasons. And I, I, I don't think that's going to change as we move forward. So, um, you know, that's, that's something as you've been around for a long time. And, you know, you look at, you know, Hugh McCutcheon, you know, who's, who's getting out of it in Minnesota. And, yeah. and uh, the, uh, there have been some other retirements just announced um, uh, across yeah. the country. Russ yeah, Rose stepped away last yeah, year. Yeah, Russ yeah. Rose got out of it. Uh, Kathy George. Not happening here. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to happen. I, and I credit my assistant coaches for that. I mean, they, they're, they're, we've been together for such a long time. They take over so much of the responsibility that I don't care to do, mm -hmm. um, whatever that might be. Now, I think the nuts and the bolts, um, I'm, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to get right after it. But uh, some of the other things, and, and, and Mike Babinski, our athletic director, has been great to us. You know, when we've asked him to hire uh, an analytics guy, which only a handful of universities in the country have for the sport of volleyball, he asked why, and I told him why. He said, that makes sense. And so we made, a, we made some personnel changes. We had to mm -hmm. give a little something up. Um, but we, we got a position that, that we think is really, really important. So um, no, I'm, 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 I'm really, really happy here, and um, I, I think our future is good. The Big Ten's a meat grinder, um, but who would not want to coach yeah. in the best volleyball conference for volleyball, for women's volleyball in the world, for college athletes? Nice. So it, it's, uh, it has its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, more ups than downs for sure. And Purdue's as lucky to have you as you are. You feel blessed to be here. Last thing, get you out of here because we've, we've gone a little bit longer than normal because we've got so much to talk about. Um, Annie Drews is back this weekend for the first time since Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, I know her schedule's been, been pretty grueling too between professional and national team duties. But uh, just what's it going to mean to have, to have Annie back in Holloway Gymnasium to, to celebrate her achievements? Well, one of the, the biggest accomplishments for Purdue volleyball in their history is Annie Drews, you know, being on the roster of the uh, USA women's team to win a gold medal for the first time, and not only for them to win it, for her to, in my biased opinion, I'm yes. sure, <laughs> lead the way. Uh -huh. um, you know, Annie had kind of been a starter with the USA team for a couple of seasons, and then Jordan Thompson, an incredible athlete out of the University of Cincinnati, kind of... Uh, emerged late before the Olympics started and, and kind of got the start and she was playing out of her mind until she sprains an ankle about uh, about halfway through the Olympics yep and uh, luckily Karch Karai had Annie Drews a veteran left-hander to, to, to call out of the bullpen and boy was she ready she sure was and uh, she just put on a show uh, down the stretch in that uh, uh, Olympics in Tokyo and and, and literally led them to, to a championship, the first ever for, the, for women. And for me to sit in my, in my uh, family room and watch that on big screen TV, it was just uh, enormous mm -hmm. for me and, and, and for Purdue and for her finally to have the opportunity to come back. Because as you mentioned, you know, you don't, it's not like the Olympics is over. People don't realize those people are all playing pro. Yeah. They're playing pro and, yeah. and for her it was in Japan. Uh, now she has taken a little bit of time off. She took um, the first half season off uh, of the pro because she just wanted to, as she said, fill, fill some other buckets. You know, sure. She wanted to do some other things in life. Uh, she recently got married to mm -hmm. a, a former Purdue baseball player 
and uh, her family lives up in Elkhart. Um, her mom and dad, I mean, are in Elkhart. Dad, mom and dad are both Ball State people, which is part of the reason we got Annie to come to. So it's one of my favorite stories. Because yep. we knew we, we knew them. Dad was a basketball player at Ball State, and he and I were both on the coaching staff at Muncie Central yep. together. He was the head basketball coach, and I was the volleyball coach. Uh, our wives were both in sorority together, and so there was a lot of familiarity. So that always helps, mm -hmm. you know, when you can get uh, that and and. Uh, Fortunately, another funny story about Annie is um, we were recruiting her and we had one scholarship. We were recruiting her and one other player, a backcourt player, one of the best in the business. And Notre Dame was doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and uh, so both uh, us and Notre Dame, we knew we were getting one of them. Uh -huh. We were either getting a great libero or we were getting a great left-handed attacker. And the way it just played out was that we, you know, we got Annie and at the end of the day, uh, she was the one that led the Olympic team yeah. uh, to a gold medal and had a lot of kills for us while she was here at, at Purdue. And what a delightful person that she is. And, and yeah, you're right. She's getting back for the first time, and she'll be here for that uh, Michigan match. She's going to be, I think, um, at the third, qu uh, third quarter doing the uh, doing shout, shout at football, uh, at the football yep. game. So that will be exciting for her, and she'll do a great job with that. And what a great representative of Purdue uh, she has been and, and, and will be. And so... We're looking forward to, to seeing her here for the uh, Michigan match. She gets in, I think, tomorrow. Um, I know she's got some, some things with, with uh, you guys as far as um, doing some uh, video work and, yep. and uh, some interviews and a lot of those kind of things. But excited to have her back. We're going to go out to dinner with her uh, uh, a couple of times, I think, while she's here. So it will be Good. fun. Good. Well, enjoy that. Uh, good luck Friday night against Michigan and, and Sunday out in, in Lincoln. and. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Okay, appreciate you, Corey. Thank you. Bye. Well,